continue our new series, which we call uh, What's Your Focus? In this series, we present our newest edition of European Urology Focus. We ask our guest editors to highlight articles, topics, topics and authors of their issues. My guest today is Dr. Brand Inman from Duke University, who put together a fantastic issue on the topic of personalized medicine in genital urinary cancers. Welcome, Brand. Thank you, Christian. Well, first of all, thank you very much for working with us. Um, uh, in your editorial, you wrote, uh, personalized medicine is happening now. Could you maybe summarize your issue for us in a nutshell? Sure. Uh, so my issue deals with the concept of personalizing care to the individual patient in front of you. And of course, we're talking about cancer in this issue. Um, and our, our issue deals with several things. We talk about germline genomic testing. So that gets to the question that virtually every patient that I see has, which is why me? And trying to figure out if there's some predisposing factor that might be causing their cancer. And, and Lenny Gamella uh, reviewed current guidelines for whom to test for germline mutations. Um, associated with that, we have a really interesting uh, article on variants of unclear or unknown significance. These are situations that are very common, actually, and that's when you find a mutation in someone's germline DNA, but it's unclear if it's pathogenic. Nobody's reported on it before. And so we have an article on that and, and how you deal with these kinds of things, which are increasingly common. Then we have two debates, and I love debates. I think debates help to expose the best uh, evidence in, in an area because you get strong people arguing both sides of a coin. We have one debate uh, on whether or not uh, somatic uh, testing, this is testing of the tumor itself, should be standard of care right now in cancer management or not. Uh, Simpa Salami is arguing for that, and Michael Aborn is, is arguing against that. Um, and we also have a related uh, debate on biomarkers and whether or not they should be informing treatment decisions in prostate cancer. And Judd Mal is arguing for that, and Nathan Lawrence Shuck's team is arguing against it. And I think those are very informative um, because the second thing about personalization of care is not just why do you have this cancer, but how do we use this information to treat you? And I think those two debates are going to clarify what the data is for that. And I, we have a few clinical trial updates which uh, invoke personalized care, some success stories and some failures. Um, Dan Theodorescu talks about the Coxon principle and SWOG S1314. That's a trial where cell lines were used to predict which tumors would be chemo responsive and which ones would not. And, and it ultimately failed. And it's a very interesting uh, discussion there. And, and then we have IMVigor 010 in the use of circulating tumor DNA to predict the response in bladder cancer to checkpoint inhibition. And I think that's an evolving concept that's going to be tested again in, in another trial called IMVigor 011. And uh, Peter Albers uh, wrote uh, the, those, the article describing those two trials. Uh, Varak Master wrote about um, uh, the ADAPT trial. Now, this is interesting. This is personalized medicine, but in a different way. This is when you use someone's own tumor to make a vaccine that you then give them back after the tumor has been removed to reduce the, uh, the risk of recurrence. Uh, that was a negative trial, but it's interesting to discuss that concept. And then finally, we're talking about the next things that are on the horizon. We're we have a, a paper on organoids and cancer avatars. This is when you're growing someone's tumor in a test tube and trying to test that cancer against a variety of agents. So you might predict what it would respond to in the patient. 
Um, we have a uh, paper on microRNAs in testis cancer. Uh, we do a lot of unnecessary surgery in testis cancer for post-chemotherapy RPLNDs. And in the future, it might be that, that that's not required because we might have a biomarker for teratoma. And I think that's very exciting. And then finally, RNA expressions and uh, clinical trials um, for, uh, for figuring out how to, how to manage uh, patients in the future and how to design trials to test these personalized therapies. I think it's very exciting. Sounds like a very good series of articles, Brent. Uh, so hanging on to your last article, um, my, my second question would be, what's the best and most optimistic yet possible and realistic scenario in the field of personalized medicine in the foreseeable future? Could you give us an outline on that? Yeah. I, I mean, the holy grail, of course, is that when a patient comes to see you with a cancer, you can get a biopsy or a liquid biopsy in the blood and know immediately what to treat that cancer with and know with certainty that it would be effective. Um, and actually that's happening now. And I think that's why I put that in the title. Um, for instance, we have um, patients now uh, who are treated differently um, in prostate cancer, for example, if they have certain mutations in their tumor, they might be treated with um, Olaparib, for instance, if they have mutations in the BRCA-related pathways and exposing those tumors to synthetic lethality. That's an example of something that's happening now. Um, and I, I think for me, the big holy grail would be next time I see a patient, I could tell them, you know, not only are we likely to cure your cancer, but we're very, very likely to cure your cancer because we know it's crutches we know how to treat you, not a group of people, but you specifically. And I, and I think that's what patients want. They want treatments that are going to work, especially when they're toxic treatments. You know, you don't want to subject yourself to some unnecessary toxicity that's destined to fail. So I think that's the future is personalizing the choice of treatment um, so that we maximize the probability of cure while minimizing the probability of unnecessary toxicity. And I think, I think that's where the field's at. Brent, that's uh, exciting avenues. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us. Uh, it was great to work with you. Um, we'll continue in the future, of course. And uh, for the time being, I just wish you and your family uh, a very Merry Christmas. Uh, all the best. And I, I really hope to see you again very soon.